Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with a leopard and a genie. <laughs> <laughs> I loved I loved in this movie when um Pedro Pascal just started uh you know Alistair! Gri- <laughs> Yeah, oh, oh we'll we'll talk about that. But when he's when he was just like walking up to everybody and he's like, Tell me what you wish for and they were like, I like this and he goes, You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, what a what a breakout role for the Mando. Did you know that Alibaba had them forty thieves? Damn. You high? Damn, bro. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Alibaba. I asked for new, new... <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> I asked for new rollerblades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really wish I had new rollerblades. <laughs> Damn it. What a waste. <laughs> I wish that was one of the... Uh, they should have put that like towards the end but during that montage. I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah. There's just like crazy shit. One guy's just like, I wish for rollerblades. <laughs> he's just scooting around. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else regrets their wish, but he's like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. He's I'm not renouncing this. <laughs> yeah. Man, this you is the, the fastest we've in gotten into like the end of a movie, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's like, uh, it's like, yeah. Can, I, I wish for rollerblades. He's like, great. And for that, I take your left testicle. I take your grandmother. I take your car. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it's just rollerblades, man. It's not that serious. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And at the end, they're like, renounce it. He's just like, this is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. Yeah. Fuck. These are good. One of the bearings is shot already, though, so maybe I will renounce it. (laughs) During that small amount of time, he was going everywhere. He wore (laughs) them things out. He's grinding every rail he saw. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) he bought he bought six pairs of neon green knee pads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Well, welcome to our Wonder Woman review. (laughs) Because you can't tell. <laughs> I was gonna say if you haven't seen the movie, you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, but also by the time we're releasing this episode, if you haven't seen the movie, you're probably not too interested because this movie easily accessible. Now, I was privileged enough to be able to go see this in theaters. Same. I was so happy to do so. But if you don't want to do that, you can just watch it on HBO Max, which has been a big topic of conversation that. Uh, both on this podcast and in like movie news and stuff that like WB's just like, fuck you directors. Fuck all y'all. We got a <laughs> streaming service to protect. Yeah, exactly. Do they still have that frog 
It's their mascot. Frog mascot? You remember that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And he would like come out with like a cane and a top hat and he would be like, <laughs> Welcome to the WB. Yeah, I know I know the <laughs> whatever his freaking name is. He, the frog has a name. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like freaking Seymour Doofus Frog. <laughs> Seymour Hoffman. It's, yeah. It's wait, did you say Hopman? Oh yeah, yeah, that is what I said. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hopman. Oh, we should Hopman. just do, we should just do frog pun actor names. <laughs> who else? Who else can we do it with? Toad Holland, Brad Ribbit, <laughs> Toad Holland. I heard you. Holland. <laughs> yeah, you could do that with anyone named Tom. Lily Pad Tomlin. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Yeah. Who would have thought that it'd be so hard to come up with a frog pun? I know, right? There's gotta, <laughs> there's gotta be more out there. We'll come back around to it. We'll come back around to it. Yeah. But how, how have you been, dude? Been, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Uh, I think the last time we recorded episodes was before the holidays. We recorded together, right? Were the last, both last episodes were together. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it was before the holidays. Yeah. Wow. And we're back apart. We're split up. We're separated. We're going through it. Yeah, uh, we're sleeping yeah, in separate tough. beds now. <laughs> the futon. We're we're taking we're taking each other to court for custody over the futon. I'll t- the futon. Just a little little behind the scenes. The futon's in a landfill. Oh man, <laughs> R.I.P. Futon. You were a real one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I left the futon behind in Syracuse, and then a party was held at that house, and then so- somebody did the deed in the bed. What for real? Yeah, this is for real. So then my brother was basically just like, hey, so this happened. You don't want this back, right? And I was like, fuck no. Like, <laughs> I'm like one, I'm in a different state, but two, just throw it on. Like, that's got to go. It needs it's to be burnt go. with fire. <laughs> Use it as background in the Demolition Man remake. Just set it on fire, like, street side next to a garbage can. <laughs> I don't think the person who did that listens to the show, but if they do... You're dead to me. I mean, I don't really care. <laughs> it was a broken futon anyway. Yeah. But but yeah, so the futon's dead. We're moving up. We're moving getting box springs. Up. Wow. Yeah. Whole ass springs. You're getting a waterbed. <laughs> that was when I remember when I was like little, I thought that was like really cool. Like I was like me five. Too. I was like, yeah, water bed, water bed. And then like when you get older and you find out like, yeah, if you have a waterbed, your back is fucked. Yeah. Have you ever gotten into a waterbed? You ever felt it? <laughs> Yeah, I actually have. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's cool for if you're like, I don't know, an idiot or something. Yeah. I don't I think so. they still make them, do they? <laughs> yeah, probably. That's like a weird, like, fad thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's done. Ever since that Edward Scissorhand incident, like, I think I think that movie actually ruined the market for waterbeds because people were just like, oh, <laughs> shit, like, if I have scissors for hands, I'm going to fuck my bed up. I'll just get a regular mattress. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've been thinking about getting scissors for hands, and this is just gonna. It's not gonna fit with my lifestyle. Oh man! So something else that's new. I started a new job the week of Christmas, and uh, just like a winter job. Don't tell my job that they don't know that, but it is a winter job for me. And uh, I <laughs> Your made bosses listening. <laughs> yeah, I I made the dumbest joke at work today to my boss. Oh good. Like nice. I'm like oh I'm getting way too comfortable way too fast. I was like, I had to reprice some product. So I took the price stickers. I knew how many I needed. And I just pre 
made them and then stuck them to each of my fingers. And I was, uh, no. And I was, I was walking towards her and I was like, do you like my Halloween costume? She was like, what? And I picked up my hand. I was like, I'm Edward sticker hands. (laughs) I knew that's awful. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, I'm a genius. She's she's just like you're fired. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. That would have been the best firing. Why'd you get fired? I made a Edward Scissorhands related joke involving price stickers. <laughs> my second week, and she found out I'm a total idiot. <laughs> my uh, my favorite story about anyone like either getting fired or leaving their job. My first job when I was in high school was at the Dunkin' Donuts in Florida, mm-hmm. and. This one kid, he was just looking for a reason to, like, leave. And uh, he had gotten written up, like, the week before for putting a pen cap through the toaster oven. Yeah. So. <laughs> That'll do so it. So you know the type of person. Yeah. But uh, so he came in for his shift, and he just walks in behind the counter, and he picks up a bagel and takes a bite out of it, and he goes, this bagel's stale. I quit. And he just threw <laughs> on the ground and left. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love good, like, quit stories. There was one time, uh, this is when I worked for Levi's and that place was a shit show. That store specifically, like the company, whatever, but that store was pretty, uh, poorly ran and I should know cause I was one of the people running it, <laughs> <laughs> but I was doing my work, but, uh, the like back a house, like the stockroom manager, he was training a new hire. The guy was, the guy was there. This is his first day. He's just basically just being shown around and stuff. Like this is the store. This is blah, blah, blah. This is how we do stuff. The guy went on a 15-minute break, which out of an eight-hour shift, that's only like two hours into your shift. He went on a 15-minute break and just never came back. <laughs> and and so he comes back into the office. He's like, have you guys seen the guy I was training today? And I was like, no, I haven't seen him in a minute. He's like, he went on a 15, he just didn't come back. And we both were just like, I immediately was like, oh, my God. He's my fucking hero. Yeah. And then the stock manager who was training him, who got just like blown off, was like, I know, right? He's so cool. <laughs> like, because we both hated the job. So we were just like, I can't believe he just, I never even thought about that. You could just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we were just like, that guy, like, we just started like building a religion around him. We were like, he's the, he's the Messiah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like he got out. He he saw this place was bullshit, and within two hours, I was just like, "Nah, dog, I'm out of here." Not even clocking out. Just fucking y'all punch me out. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no one even had to. No one had to Lakeith Stanfield him either. No one was like, "Get out!" Yeah, Get exactly. Out. Exactly. <laughs> he made the choice on his own. <laughs> he did have a bloody nose though. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just walking around with blood on his face on his first day. (laughs) I got to get out of here. I got to get more cocaine. (laughs) Or or a bloody eye like Pedro Pascal. I wanted to ask you, did you have a good holiday? Yeah, I had a great holiday. Pretty, pretty low key. Nice. I went to my, both of my parents, uh, on Christmas Eve with Logan. And then Christmas day, we got to open presents. He was super adorable. We got to do all that stuff. And then I got to spend the rest of the day chilling and then, Went out to the movies and saw Wonder nice, Woman. Nice, So it's good. I saw you got some movies. I got some movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got some movies. Those are actually filler. So to keep the magic alive for my boy and him believing in Santa Claus, like, I needed to, like, wrap gifts for myself to have under the tree. And I told my mom about that. And she's like, oh, like, give me a list of movies. I'll get you some movies and stuff. So I did. She got ordered them on Amazon. 
the Amazon delivery guy was just like, yeah, we dropped them off. And she's like, no, you didn't. Like, they're not here. They're like, oh, we brought them to the wrong address. We brought them to like 291 her road. And then she's just like, well, the thing is, there is no such thing as that address because the numbers only go up to like 210 or something. <laughs> so you couldn't have brought it there. Like, it's not, a, that's not a place. So they were just like, yeah. So then Amazon was just like, we'll send you new ones. So in the meantime, she gave me a bunch of DVDs that were like in my sister's room that she never opened. So I got like Van Helsing, <laughs> Scooby Doo, nice. Uh, nice, some SpongeBob thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty brutal, but it was funny because like we were opening them, I was just like, I was like, fucking Van Helsing. Here we go. <laughs> we were just talking about this on the show. Yeah, we've been talking about it a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you had a good holiday. I got I got a couple movies. I got Tenet. And then my brother, actually, this is really cool. My brother got me all eight Harry Potter movies, like a set on 4K, and they're extended. Um, so that was pretty dope. And then, yeah, after I left New York, I actually went to Universal. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we got a pass to it. They, I'll tell you this, though. like the They stopped letting people in an hour after the park opened. Yeah. And uh, because you know, because of COVID, I think they're only doing like 35% capacity, but, um, the way they're doing the lines, they were doing lines. <clears throat> yeah, man. They're like machine gun. Kelly <laughs> machine um, gun. Kelly is taking tickets at universal studios. <laughs> <laughs> machine gun. Kelly loves the despicable me ride. Machine gun. Kelly is taking over the wizarding world of Harry Potter. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly now works at the <laughs> magical world of Harry Potter. <laughs> Wizarding World. That's what it's he, uh, Yeah, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. I was going to say, though, the way they do it, though, you know how, like, a roller coaster would normally hold, like, 16 people? Sure. They only let a party on at one time. Wow. So, like, yeah, like, when we, we would go on a ride... Like the, we went on the Simpsons ride, which normally holds, I think, twelve people. Yeah, they it was just me, me and Brianna were the only people on the ride. That's pretty cool, I guess. It's cool when you get on, but the, the wait times were really long. I like looked. Granted, we went in between Christmas, but before New Year's, so everyone was off. And then I checked like today, and all the lines were like five minutes. Like nobody was there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when we were there, like every ride was like a two-hour wait. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. And then New Year's was fun. I watched a bunch of movies this week. Nice. Obviously, obviously this one. And then Soul, which I think we're doing next week. Yep. And I'm trying to think what I watched on the plane. On the way down, I had to watch Scoob. That was brutal. Fun. You well, had I watched to. Extra, I, yeah. It was only 20, 20 movies. So. Yeah. Uh, I watched Extraordinary, though, which is actually kind of a good time. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it's like a horror comedy. And there's one guy who's like trying to do black magic and like worship the devil and his staff has a penis on top of it. So I thought you might like that. I'm into it. I'm into all of it. <laughs> yeah. I thought you might like it. Say less. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's really dry. It's, uh, it's like, like a movie from the UK, but I think it's got like a 98 in Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I mean, I'll check it out. I'm open to things. Yeah. This week yeah. I haven't been watching too many movies. I don't know if there's anything that I really watched with the exception of the movies we're reviewing, but, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, that's fine. Sometimes I need a break. 
I dude. <laughs> so like the year's already over, but like technically our year doesn't end until the duties. Like that's when we like finalize it. So that way we have a couple of extra weeks to catch up on other things that we missed in 2020. Also, we were talking about like the duty schedule and like, I kind of want to make sure that we do reviews on whatever gets nominated for the Oscars, but there's been no word on what the Oscars are doing. Has there? I don't know. I mean, a lot of places are doing their awards already or they're, they're nominating places. Cause I've seen a few movies win a bunch of awards already. The one on Netflix with, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman, his last movie, mm-hmm. that's won a bunch of awards. Never rarely, sometimes always has won a bunch. Like there's a, some movies that are getting a lot of attention from smaller awards, okay. but haven't heard anything about golden globes. Haven't heard anything about Oscars, but, um, I'm assuming we're going to hear something though soon because I think the Grammy noms came out. So if they're doing something, I'm assuming the Oscars are doing something. Yeah. I mean, they can do like a virtual show, you know, like people can accept their things from like their zoom call and whatnot, or they can have like different actors come in for like bits, like sketches. Like there was some sort of award show recently that did that. And it was like, fine. Like it's definitely weird. It's definitely not the same feeling, but I think the, I think the bigger thing is that there's just not, that many movies to pick from. And then I'm worried about like, even if a movie that deserves an Oscar wins an Oscar, there's going to be like an asterisk next to them. And it's like, okay, but would this have won in a normal year? If like this, 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 and this movie were actually to be released, it's like, which is tough because it's like, who's to say, but yeah, but that that's, you know, that would suck to be like that filmmaker. And it's just like, yeah, you won an Oscar, but in a year when no movies came out, but it's like, maybe it would have won anyways. So I guess, I don't know, we'll have to see, but I, I would like it to be that if they have like a list of like the, you know, best pictures, like we make sure we've at least done a review on each of them. So we might ha- actually put out some reviews for movies that came out like months ago if the, if it means that we get to talk about all the nominations. Yeah. I was going to say, be like, yeah, you won this, but like it's in a year where like nothing won and they'd just be like, Dude, Crash won an Oscar in 2006. <laughs> yeah. Anybody can win an Oscar. Yeah, we we have an um, Oscar. Exactly. One of those technical ones. Because <laughs> technically we're fucking awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a category. It's one of the new ones they're doing. That is a category. I heard about <laughs> it. I heard about it at the trailer park. Perfect timing. Yeah, I'm not fucking around. Wait, is it perfect timing? I don't know. Oh, I was like, what time is it? 20 minutes in. Oh. We're like 20 minutes in. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's perfect timing. Yeah. What are we talking today? So, uh, us being movie going guys again, uh, we get to see trailers and I got to see this trailer for the first time. Maybe not seeing wonder woman. It might've been seeing something before that. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, it's a very interesting movie. Possibly, I was thinking about this on the drive home. Quite possibly, it could be the butt boy of 2021. Not in like a butt sense of it, but in a kind of comedic action thriller, like that seems to have a very serious tone, even though like some things in it like almost seem like they are kind of silly, but but it's not played silly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I, I looked it up on like IMDb afterwards because i was saying the same thing i was like there might be some intentional comedy in the movie with how ridiculous it is it's not listed 
It's got three genres. None of them are comedy. Oh, well, then so, I, I guess I'm wildly wrong. Maybe I just think it's hilarious I, because uh, it's Bob Odenkirk as a badass in a movie called Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, it looks it looks crazy. Yeah, I uh, I had seen the trailer pop on our Instagram feed, um, but I hadn't, like, watched the whole thing. I, then I saw it for the first time when I saw Wonder Woman in the theater. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it because, um, we'll get into it, but there's someone from John Wick involved and it looks almost too John Wick. Like, like there's some things that are just like, oh, you, this is John Wick. This is John Wick light. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I, and I also thought about Taken, which, (laughs) I really hope that Bob Odenkirk can pull off like the stunts better than Liam Neeson can those Taken movies because there's I don't know if you saw that I think it was in Taken Three there's a scene where Liam Neeson jumps a fence and it's the camera while he's jumping the fence they actually cut the camera like at least fifteen twenty times of course yeah because he he couldn't do it yeah of course <laughs> so, why would he yeah why should he but uh. <laughs> yeah, he's Liam Neeson. Why Why would he do that? <laughs> he's got a, a particular set of skills, and of those skills, it does not involve hopping a fence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you want to just get into this? Yeah, let's just check it out. So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch? Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? (laughs) Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. How's that working out for you? I love Bob Odenkirk. Like, as soon as I saw this trailer start the first time, I was like, oh, I want to see this, like, immediately. There's a long dormant (laughs) piece of me. And then this That's happens, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like this part, we're just unloading. Yeah, it's sweet. You can see that. <laughs> for twelve years, I worked for some very dangerous. So they don't. They they market it as like the producer of John Wick, but the gets to the, the writer of all the John Wick movies is the writer on this movie. Oh wow! Like Derek Kolstad's also the writer. Oh, so it's the duo. Like they're just doing another badass action movie. They call an auditor. Yeah. But see, that gives me a lot of like faith in it. You know. Yeah, because it meant you didn't there's just some things play. in it that I wish weren't so John Wick like, like the behind. Yeah. There's a lot of story elements like this right here. Yeah, I might have uh, overcorrected. See, that seems like he left that world behind. You left. Yeah, you abandoned a certain debt that needs repayment. And it looks like there's some and sort of currency, unless those are just gold bars. Yeah, and then he got like the mob was like, oh, we found out you're back in action, so now we're coming for you. Very John Wick esque 
Yeah. There's definitely uh, thematic things that feel really recycled. Fucking do that. He pulls the gun out of the frame. So good. Like, listen to that. You're telling me this doesn't have any comedy in it? He's screaming, give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet? I feel like it has to. Who the fuck are you? Me? I'm nobody. Nobody! I was gonna say, even the music. In theaters only, February 26th. I'm into it. Theaters only. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was interesting. I'm into it too. Really, my my big complaint I've already said it's just it seems like they we know we know that they can shoot action scenes better than anybody. But a a complaint about the John Wick movies is that like narratively they're like a bit hollow. I really like the world building in the movies, but especially the first one, it's just a straightforward revenge story. And yeah, I kind of would have liked them to maybe not recycle so many things. Yeah, definitely. Then I wish there was like a little it I mean, who knows? Maybe no, I, I don't think I don't think those things are gonna change. I was gonna say maybe it's gonna be a little bit different when we see it on like unfold on, on screen. Like there are some things about it that do feel different, but for the most part, like yeah, like it, it just feels like they're kind of taking a similar mold, which is a little bit nerve wracking. It's like please don't just become like one trick ponies guys. Like you did a really great job with the John wick franchise so far. Like don't let that be the only thing you can do. You know, like that's not just because you're great at that. Doesn't mean that's the only thing anybody wants to see from you. Yeah. Just right now. I have a feeling that when I see this movie, I'm going to leave the theater being like, I enjoyed that, but it's not John wick. And yeah, what I what I hope they do in this, which we're talking about the comedy and stuff, I hope it is actually funnier than than anticipated, maybe. Yeah. Just because then it's like, yeah, like it's like John Wick, but like kind of with more of like a like tongue in cheek, like comedy like flair to it. Wait. Because I think if it just What about this? What if the reason it feels very Wickian is because it's the same universe? And then Bob Odenkirk gets back in the biz and then like he's hired to kill John Wick. Or no, because I guess they believe John Wick to be dead right now. But like maybe, <laughs> maybe they cross paths down the road and it becomes like a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff type thing. Mm. But then like <laughs> I see, yeah, it's all like part of the grand like Wickiverse. He actually goes after the high table, and then the two of them meet up in the fourth movie. Oh yeah, dude, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm already into it. Yeah, this is all part of John Wick canon. Yeah, that would that would be crazy. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but, but we'll see how the movie is. It's all it's coming out pretty soon though, February 26th. Yeah. The release date worries me a little bit. We've had some good February movies, but generally February is not great. Yeah. And producer from John Wick's on it, writer from John Wick's on it, so that we like that. But the director, not not too into it. I think pretty sure it's Ilya Nashirler is the I think that's how you pronounce it. He's the director, but like he's mainly known for what was the movie that was in first person? Hard, hardcore, oh, is it hardcore Henry. Yeah, I think so. Hardcore Henry sounds right. Yeah, that that's like his most most notable movie. Okay, I wasn't big on that because that movie was essentially just a gimmick. But I don't know. We'll we'll see how it is. We'll see how it is. I think just based on the trailer, it looks like it's gonna be a fun time. But I just feel like I'm gonna leave the theater being like, it's John Wick light. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a a possibility. 
Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, I like Bob Odenkirk a lot. I like the things these guys have made before. I'm definitely going to give it a chance because what option do I have, really, besides just, like, go in thinking it's going to be bad? <laughs> like, I would expect it to be fun. Like, I would expect to have a good time watching it. And if it does that, that's great. I think it's probably better to check the John Wick thing at the door just for its own... Because I don't, I don't think any movie can recreate what John Wick movies do. Yeah. So even the I would also be it. like surprised. I was gonna, I was gonna say I'll be surprised if also if Bob Odenkirk can do what Keanu Reeves does. I don't think anybody can do what Keanu Reeves does. Like Keanu Reeves is actually like a fucking warrior. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is just as deadly as John Wick. Maybe even more deadly. It, he actually knows how to like do that shit. Yeah. You see those training <laughs> videos with him and the shotgun, and he's fucking just pumping bullseyes everywhere. He's a monster. <laughs> Love it. Fucking yeah. cool guy. But yeah, no, I think this will be fun. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, apparently he, uh, well, he doesn't live to 2077, but he's Johnny Silverhand in Cyberpunk. Yeah. And his character in Cyberpunk's a terrorist, so. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I love that. Like, everybody was like, he's in 2077. He's the best guy ever. And it's like, well, he's a terrorist, so. <laughs> yeah. So suck on that. <laughs> but, uh, but. Let's, uh, why don't we get out of this trailer park? We're trying to keep this fairly brief episode because um, we got busy lives and uh, there's just a lot going on out there. Yeah, busy lives also. We want to do a bonus I episode. Took, like, I was going to say, I also took essentially two vacations in the span of like two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't had as much time to record. So we're recording this like a couple of days before this is coming out. I, I think we might have a lot to talk about. I think we do. That's why I wanted to like let's let's do this because um this was a uh this was a interesting watch. Like it was it was just, I was really excited to go. Uh I got to do Christmas tradition with my my best bro Tom, who I'm sure is listening cuz we watched the movie together. And we did talk about it a little bit. I tried not to spoil like too many of my thoughts, but I will say this. It's not really a spoiler for like how I feel about the movie, but my feelings on the movie have changed pretty gradually over the course of like the days following uh, seeing it in theaters, like seeing it in theaters is one experience versus like actually like kind of like critiquing the movie. Cause I think my theater mm-hmm. experience helped pump up my feelings of the movie when I first walked out of the theater. But then like, uh, I don't know, like I just, I watched it again actually at home. So I have seen this movie twice now. I've only watched it once, but I'll, piggyback off of what you're saying a little bit later on the episode but i think my feelings do apply to what you're saying like i was i actually wanted to ask you this i saw it in the dolby theater did you see it in dolby or did you go to a no smaller theater no we went to a regular regular showing yeah we went me and brianna went we went and saw it in dolby and uh dolby's awesome and stuff like that but simultaneously while we were watching in dolby brianna's dad watched at home on hbo so when we got home we talked to him and kind of compared the theater and the home experience a little bit. Yeah. So we can get to that. But yeah, I mean, we're talking Wonder Woman 1984. This is very anticipated. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people had this in their like top 10 most anticipated for the year. Yeah. Because a lot of people love the first one. I think we've talked about it. I think we we both like the first one. We don't love it. Yeah. Actually, I rewatched the first one the day before going to see this one. And mm-hmm. man, I, I forgot how much I hate that third act. Okay, well, we'll we'll talk about it here. Yeah. Um, that was that's that's really my big complaint about that movie because I like the majority of the movie. I think 
there are some things in the first movie. I think the fish out of water stuff is played too a little long. too much for like for like yeah, it's pl- played out a little bit. But like that first movie has such good like action sequences and it does a really good job of like establishing her mm-hmm. lore and like world and stuff like that. And then the third act to me was just the most generic CGI fest ever, and I hate it. Like the third act actively ruined the movie for me a little bit. It's not yeah. I didn't dislike it, but the third movie definitely I went from being like, wow, this is really good, I might buy this, to like, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this again. <laughs> I was like, if it's on TV, maybe I'll watch it, but I'm definitely not buying it. But Patty Jenkins, she's back as the director. I've heard a lot of things about Patty Jenkins recently, and a lot of people peg her, like, you know, oh, like, new director. She's not a new director. Like, she wrote and directed Monster in 2003, which is an awesome movie. She's a writer on this, and it's actually only the second time in her career that she wrote a movie. The last time was in 2003 when she wrote Monster. Jeff Johns is another writer on this movie. He wrote Aquaman, but... He's mainly known for actually being the president of DC um, mm-hmm. for a few years and like everything that he does now. Cause I think he left DC. Now he just does like movies and TV and stuff like that. But almost everything is DC related. So like all those like DC animated movies that come out, most of them he's like attached to. And then Dave uh, Callahan, he is the other writer on this movie and he was a writer on Zombieland Double Tap and the latest, not. Godzilla King Congress. No, wait, what's the last one? Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Not that yeah. one. The first one with Brian Cranston. He was the writer on that one, which I actually liked that movie. And, but he, but he was also the writer on Doom. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Upcoming movies. He's the writer on Shang-Chi and Spider-Verse 2 and Mortal Kombat. So he's got a lot of stuff coming hmm. up. Okay. Yeah. So there could be some good, good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, and then as far as your cast, there's really four characters that you're following in this movie. Uh, Gal Gadot, again, she's Diana or Wonder Woman. Chris Pine is back. It's not a spoiler. He was in every trailer, mm-hmm. unfortunately, as Steve Trevor. Uh, Kristen Wiig, she plays Barbara slash the fucking cheetah. <laughs> and Pedro Pascal is Maxwell Lord. She plays Barbara slash an angelical cat. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> also not convinced the CGI was better than cats. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into all of that. So you're right. Like the movie really does kind of just follow those four people. And um do you want to just start getting into it cuz I feel like talking about the this cast and their characters, I think that's a good jumping off point. Yeah, why don't, why don't you start cuz I wasn't sure where to start. There's actually a lot that I want to hit on. There is so, a lot. If you have a good All right. Where where do you want to start off? I'll say I'll say cuz so we got a couple of new characters, we got a couple of old characters even if it doesn't make the most sense when you first look at it, I'll work my way from like best to worst, basically, or not best to worst, but like whatever. I think uh, Pedro Pascal. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to talk about characters without it, like detaching it from plot. You know, separate the character from the plot. I think Pedro Pascal, Maxwell Lord, like the way like he was like just chewing chewing it up in that movie, I was, like, into it. Like, I, I really liked him in this. Like, it was cool seeing him be, like, this, like, crazed, like, kind of, like, megalomaniac, but, like, not in the... Like, I haven't seen a lot of characters played like this. Like, you've seen characters where, like, they are, like, you know, just power-hungry or greedy or they're, like, self-involved and stuff like that, but the way that he plays it, I feel like, is, like, very different than I've seen before, and 
I enjoyed every time he was on screen. Okay. We might have differing opinions on this then. Um, oh. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's better to hit something a little bit more like a blanket statement that might apply to how he's playing it. Okay. Maybe that would be better and we can get into it. Yeah. But um, it's called Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. Early on in the movie, I was sitting there and I was like, this is really campy. Like, this is really cheesy. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I think they're trying to make the movie feel like an 80s movie. Like, it definitely has that vibe, especially early on with, like, the mall sequence and stuff like that. So I, I kind of think that his performance was almost, like, lean into the the cheesiness, the over-the-topness. But for me, it was a little too much at times. Yeah, Oh man, that opening scene, like there's there's a number of moments in this movie and it's weird because like this movie does exist within like a bigger universe, like it exists within the DC universe, you know? Mhm. But there's like like I'm okay with them changing the tone. I actually liked like the aesthetic change. I liked like the whole '90s vibe or the sorry the '80s vibe that they were going with, and I liked that they were trying to do something different. But at the same time, like the tone of the movie kind of felt like too like it. It would be campy, but then it's like they would try to like add more gravitas, and I feel like it didn't really like land as well. But like there's literally like scenes where like people like bystanders or like you know, you know, non-faced villain henchmen are like making like faces at things, you know, like, (laughs) and I was just like, what? Like, what is like, I don't know. It's almost like it's making fun of itself. And it's like, I guess I see what they're doing. Cause yeah, it took me a minute too to figure it out. I'm like, oh, they're making it look like, like it it gave me like vibes of like the Christopher Reeves, um, uh, Superman movies, like the old school Superman movies. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I guess that's cool. I don't know. It, there's something about it that did feel weird. But overall, like, I feel like like the aesthetic change was very necessary because um, I think Wonder Woman, the first one, is, is good. Like, I like it. Um, huge third act problems. But the the look of it still looks like all those other DC movies with, like, that that grainy, like, dark and gray stuff. So I feel like trying to mix like that campy goofiness in with like that look wouldn't work as well, which I have a big problem with like the third act of this movie and the way that that looks. I don't know if you want to use this as a jumping off point to talk about that or if we should wait for like spoilers or whatever you want to do there. But I feel like that campiness like definitely confuses the, uh, the through line of the movie a little bit. Yeah. With the third act, let's do that for spoilers, but um, with the campiness and cheesiness of it, like it didn't really bother me most of the time. It bothered me with Pedro Pascal. Like I just, I felt like he was too over the top, but then there was like, just like subtle things like, like the aesthetic or just like music changes and stuff like that. Or mm-hmm. That felt very eighties. I was like, this isn't a big deal. It's not destroying the way I feel about this movie. Like I'm still having a good time, but yeah, well, that's a, that's a good point. You briefly just mentioned right there, but like, I really liked the music and the score to this movie. Yeah. Hans Zimmer. Uh, he did a really good job on this. Granted, I blow my load to basically everything Hans Zimmer. So. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> fucking amazing. 
Um, but yeah, no, like the in terms of like the Pedro Pedro Pascal over the top, like I actually like I dug that vibe. Like that's not even like the campiness that bothered me the most. It was mostly like all the random people in the background who were making like ridiculous faces, and it's just like like bad TV acting, you know? Yeah, I think I'll say this like. My biggest complaint about the whole movie is by far like the writing on it. I think yeah. a lot of that, a lot of that we're going to have to talk spoilers on, but uh, with the writing, it comes down to dialogue. It comes down to the story and stuff like that. But I felt like just a lot of the dialogue also was, was, was pretty cheesed and I don't want to give too much away, but <laughs> there's just decisions that they make in with the writing of this that I'm not a big fan of. And mm. Some of it, I think, is a little bit lazy, honestly, like with the story. But yeah, as far as I think, because that's the thing I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, like the campiness and like, oh, my God, this movie's so cheesy and didn't bother me. Like, I, that's not that's the least of my worries. Didn't bother me at all. There's there's bigger issues. <laughs> yeah, so. th- that's really what it is, is like of of all of the offenses or any of the offenses, that's definitely the least offensive of them. And, like, watching it didn't make me go, like, oh, this movie's dog shit. I was just like, oh, that's, like, a very <laughs> weird choice to make. But then once you realize, like, like you said, like, it's intentional and you, that's what they were going for, it's like, oh, okay. Like, at least, like, um, there was thought behind it. It wasn't just, like, they had some, like, bad extra or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there yeah. there was intent there. So, I mean, I'll give them, I'll give them some points for that. But, yeah, like, the writing, it, without really spoiling anything i feel like the writing kind of i mean there's a lot to be desired there's a lot of characters who are just like either underutilized or just introduced in a scene and out of the movie in the same scene like just pointless like not really adding anything to to like the progress of the movie they're just like peppered in like these random folks you know what i I think a little bit this movie's this movie's too long. We haven't said that oh, yet. Yeah. This movie's two and a half hours long. It's way too long for this. Yeah. A lot of movies, I actually, I'm like, oh, I mean, I, that could have been a little bit longer. I would have liked to have like been with the characters a little, little bit more. Somehow this movie achieves being too long and being boring because it's almost being redundant with the characters and just showing you nothing. Like It's the same thing over and over again for every character. They There's a lot of setup for the villains in this movie. Yeah, and a lot of it is the same thing over and over again, and you don't get a ton of Wonder Woman in this movie either. And I think the parts with Wonder Woman and the parts with Steve Trevor are the best parts of the movie. And I wish there was more of it because they bog a lot of the movie down with the the two villains. One of them, I don't even think is necessary in this movie, and the other one. It's literally the same thing. He goes somewhere, he makes someone do something, then he goes to another place. Yeah. And that's about like, that's like easily like 30 minutes of this movie. (laughs) If not more, probably more, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And like the, uh, you know, the her and, and Steve stuff, like they definitely have like the best chemistry, like in the movie, like they, they, um, they work well, like off of each other. And I think that's, um, this is the strongest written storyline. The whole thing with like her, you know, not really being Wonder Woman for most of the movie. It's like, that's kind of cool. That's it's like a common thing for like superhero movies. Like when it is like a franchise, like Spider-Man two is like that where he spends most of the movie, like not actually being Spider-Man. And it's about, mm-hmm. but you know, it's about a journey. It's about a strengthening. 
But I would say for this movie, oh man, I don't know if this is a spoiler then. No, well, not really, because, oh, like... Are you going to do it? No, I'm going to do it. No, but, like, I mean, obviously they show, like, Steve comes back in, like, a certain way, which we will definitely have to get into, because I think that leads <laughs> to, like, one of the bigger, like, writing issues that we have. But this movie posits that she sat on her hands for all of these years. I mean, she was, like, doing stuff, like, working and whatnot, but, like, she was just, like, so in love with this man that for, like, 40-plus years she wouldn't, like touch anybody or like no, no interest like no companionship not a friend no nobody just a loner for all of that time mm-hmm. and then at the end of the movie she's not better or worse than she was before he came back and it's like she it doesn't feel like her character made any progress with the exception of like she figured out how to use her fucking whip to fly i guess spoiler but they literally show show pieces of that in the trailer yeah I don't want to. I don't want to say too much on it because I think it's getting too spoilery. But I I agree. It's. I didn't really. You definitely feel at the end like, like there's like a a good vibe to it. Maybe it's because they made it a Christmas ending. <laughs> oh my god. Do <laughs> you think that was a reshoot? I don't know. I don't know if it's a reshoot because they they got one smaller person to come back for it. Yeah. But but granted, I don't think that guy would have been hard to be like. Hey. You want to come back and reshoot Wonder Woman? Yeah. Sure, you'd have been <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, sure. It. I definitely don't have anything going on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it was. I don't think it was. Who the fuck knows? It, it didn't bother me. Well, because with the new release date being on Christmas, it just felt like, why would they make it a Christmas movie when it was supposed to release in, like, oh. May? It's true. I didn't even think about that because you saw it on Christmas. and I, I saw it a couple days ago. So, yeah, maybe maybe it would surprise me if that's what they they're like, we're going to just put this Christmas scene in it. Like, again, this is spoilers, but I I think the ending is hella rushed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the ending, there's a lot of rushing. And then so the one thing they were just like, actually, let's throw in this one snow scene. And then it like it's like, no, you probably needed to add a little bit more there. Yeah. I didn't want to say like a few good things. Like we were talking about, you know, Steve and uh, Diana, like dynamic in the movie and stuff the movie's really good uh at delivering some good like emotional moments i was f- feeling the feels at some parts i was like all right nice and uh i don't know i thought they they did a good job with that again like i said all the things with diana and uh steve are the best parts of the movie and they they make her make some difficult decisions which is is nice because that's usually what your heroes have to do there's one that she didn't do that kind of annoyed me but that's also spoilers yeah but i think a lot of people also like they saw the trailers and still wish that they didn't put steve in the trailers but they saw me like how the hell is he back like what the fuck they want an answer and yeah and they want answers and i don't necessarily love the answer but once he's back i was like you know what this is actually working like i'm enjoying this okay yeah uh yeah I think, you know, obviously with, like, superhero movies especially, but, like, any movies, like, there is, like, a level of suspension of disbelief, and I'm okay with Mm -hmm. that, but, so I could, like, enjoy, like, their dynamic and, like, the scenes with them, and I can just, like, accept it as, like, that's just what it is, and that's what the story is doing, but I think we should blow open spoilers if that's cool, because I do need to discuss the logic of this movie, or the complete lack thereof. Can I hit a few non-spoilers and then we can just go full spoiler the last like 10 minutes? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Because I know what you're going to say and I agree with you yeah. about that. But 
again, like you you said, suspending your disbelief. The way that he comes back, like just the this is how it happens. I'm like, okay, I'm watching a superhero movie and a you know flying woman with a lasso of truth. Like this isn't that far fetched <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. But the way they chose to go about it, like the <laughs> the reaction, I guess, mm-hmm. is whack. So we'll, we'll get to that. But I I did want to say the first Wonder Woman. One of the things that was like a big standout. There were some really good action set pieces. Oh, yeah. And none of them in this movie are as good as the No Man's Land scene from Wonder Woman, the first one. Oh, yeah. But that yeah, scene dude. is awesome. It's really but good. But I will, I will say this. With the exception of, I think, the the climax of the movie, I really dug a lot of the action set pieces in this movie again. I like the the White House scene. I really like the, the like kind of like truck scene. And uh, I mean, those two really stood out for me. Yeah, I agree. But also, that's two-thirds of, like, the action set pieces in the whole fucking movie anyways. Like, there's really... There's not many. And it's two and a half hours long. Like, there should have been more. Like, it felt like there was just... This felt like kind of... Like, I wasn't necessarily bored. Like, I was, like, following along and stuff like that. But, like, really, in terms of, like, a superhero movie, like, this is not action-packed. Like, they, they don't get the adrenaline going in this one at all. It did. Rem- you mentioned Spider-Man Two. It reminded me a little bit of Spider-Man Two in terms of like what they're choosing to focus on. Yeah, because Spider-Man Two doesn't have a lot of action set pieces too. But yeah, I will true. say, the action set pieces in Spider-Man Two, every single one blows your dick off. Yeah, more like, the, like icon the train and then like the, the doc final battle in the in the surgery room. Oh, oh dude, yeah, so good. Yeah, it's like, but the they knew what they were doing. Like they were like we'll hold back, and then when we hit them, we're going to hit them hard. This movie was like, we'll hold back, and then when we hit them, they'll feel it, maybe. <laughs> when we hit them, we'll tap I, them on the shoulder and go, did you see that truck? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do one thing, and we'll get into it. Because, yeah, there's something I want to talk about with the action set pieces, too, but it also lends itself to spoilers. Um, yeah. I'll just say this, though. like I think there's really like five action set pieces in the movie. There's, there's the truck one, which you saw in the trailer. There's mm-hmm. one in the White House, which I'm pretty sure you saw in the trailer. There's yep. the climax, and then there's essentially two the opening scenes. Yeah, there's two opening se- sequences to this movie. I'm not gonna really say what they are, but <laughs> there's like back to back action sequences, kind of. Yeah. The first one I like doesn't need to be in the movie though. Like yeah, in hindsight, yeah. Like I watched, it, I was like, oh, I really like this, and then in hindsight, I'm like, take that shit out, and then <laughs> and then in uh and then the mall sequence, which like is okay. So yeah, I would say you're you're hitting at like. 60 70 percent like hit rate on your action sequences in this movie yeah i don't know other than that i guess this will go into spoilers a little bit because we can talk about other things but i like the message in this movie mainly about like greed and stuff like that and what it takes to obtain that but i think from here on out everything that we're going to talk about you probably kind of need to mention a specific so you want to get into spoilers absolutely we have to we fucking have to we want to say how things happen yeah we yeah let's let's explain what the fuck is going on with this because this is easily the the biggest problem with the movie is that logic and reasoning is just tossed out the window and it's like like we were saying like suspension of disbelief superhero movies like obviously it's like kind of like a over-the-top ridiculous world like in just in um concept alone but we allow it to be that way because it's superheroes it's comic books but there's a difference between it being like, you know, like fantastical or like, you know, these superheroes and stuff like that. And it being nonsensical and legitimately stupid. <laughs> so, so 
it's magic. Magic is the fucking answer. How does everything happen in this movie? Magic. Just that's the just across the board. There's a stone and you make a wish. Yeah. And, and then your wish is granted. Now, I'll say this. A stone that you wish on didn't bother me. There's almost like con- they they make the make up the rules as they go. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Is they're just like, yeah. And then you're like three like main characters in this movie besides Steve Trevor, they all make wishes and then it kind of follows their path on like what has happened since they make their wish. So Diana wishes back Steve and we'll get to all that. But I was going to say Kristen Wiig, she wishes basically that she was Diana and then Pedro Pascal wishes that he was the wishing rock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, but then like, so then he can, he can't make wishes unless people touch him. So he basically yeah. just like goes up to people and he's like, touch me. And they're like, what? And he's just like, touch me. And they're like, okay. And he's like, what do you wish for? And they're like, I don't know. I wish like uh, for some money. And he's like, do you wish for some money? And they're like, yeah, I guess I wish for some. Like, and he does, <laughs> that. He does that for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you would wish for? They're like, yeah, I'd wish for that. <laughs> the wind blows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, like okay, so we'll talk <laughs> we'll talk about Steve. Let's talk about Steve. You you mentioned like they're making up the rules as they go. Yeah. What? <laughs> Why? So Steve comes back, but he's not like back. Like his consciousness is basically placed into Another guy's body. (laughs) Yeah, he body snatched a Randy. (laughs) Yeah. Where did that guy's consciousness go, though? (laughs) I think he's watching him. Oh, he's in the sunken place? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The part where he, him and Wonder Woman have sex. I wonder if that guy was just sitting there like, oh, yeah. This is awesome. He's actually, he's beating it in the back of his mind. Oh man, is that Gal Gadot? He's in there. Is that Gal Gadot? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more like Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal Gadot, don't come so fast, Daddy. Uh, oh no, but uh, yeah, no. It they they set up things like again, they just make up the rules. There's a guy who wishes to Pedro Pascal, basically, just like I wish I had all my land back. Like I wish like intruders couldn't come in, and a fucking wall like manifests itself out of the ground. Like it comes out of the earth and manifests. So why couldn't Steve Trevor have just like appeared or manifested yeah, like materialized or, or something? Yeah. He, he could have came, came back instead. He literally some other guy's life ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so got Steve no family can have no. his body. That guy had like a nice apartment. You're telling me he didn't have a job. He was supposed to be at like, <laughs> that whole time yeah his, his family the, the entire movie everyone's like making wishes there's nukes going off and the, his family's just like putting out search for, like posters for him his That's face the thing is on too. a milk carton well there's the thing right there you don't think anybody in his life wasn't like I wish we could find out what happened to him and then that would force Steve out of the guy's body or something you know like <laughs> yeah I don't know, dude. Just like, shake your head. Because it's because like the wall example is perfect because it's like okay, that's like a literal impossibility, and it's like 
materialized like out of earth, like the earth rises as a perfect wall. So if, if there's no limits to that and literally nuclear missiles appear in and disappear in midair. So that can Mm -hmm. happen. Why are there restrictions and rules to the Steve thing? Like it's, it's just willy nilly what they decide like has rules and doesn't have rules. And then like, some things it's like it seems like the reper- repercussions are instantaneous so like he's like he goes over to the middle east and like that wall happens like immediately and all of his like all of the military guys that were previously to the to the other guy just start following his orders immediately but when it comes to like wonder woman losing her powers that happens like slowly and gradually throughout the movie which is a better storytelling device but how come some side effects are instantaneous while other ones take a long time? And I guess the answer is they didn't care about the logic behind it. They were just like, well, this will tell a better story if it takes more time for like uh, Maxwell Lord to deteriorate. And like, if, if our characters have a longer, you know, cool down for like their punishment, that'll make a more interesting movie as opposed to just boom, you don't have powers. Boom. You're a psychopath. Boom. You're dying. You know, boom. You're a cat. <laughs> boom. You're a cat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's just a bunch of things that are just like, this happens. This makes absolutely no sense, but accept it. You fool because you clown like we, like we <laughs> yeah, like we said, uh, you have to be touching Pedro Pascal to make a wish. And he like he has all these people make wishes because when they wish on him, it takes away the thing that you hold most dear, basically. And uh, so he he's seeking people out, making them wish on him, basically. And then he's basically just like, how can I how can I make more wishes happen? Like how? And, the, and he's like, how can thousands of people touch me at once? And they're just like, well, there's like a satellite that'll shoot down some some particles to the TV. Yeah. And if someone's standing near the tv then the particles touch you and then he's like touch <laughs> ooh <laughs> like he li- yeah. that's like literally how this scene plays out he's like, and like did you just say touch it's so obvious too <laughs> that when they're explaining like how the satellites work like the word touch is just like circumstantial like it's obviously there as like a like a metaphor it's like well no they can't literally touch you but in this movie it's like nope they literally touch you <laughs> They grab you <laughs> like it just works even worse still though with all of this and you want to talk logic and whatnot what are the consequences of this movie um none there's there's none consequence this is actually i'm glad you just brought this up because this is actually i think the thing it sounds like i'm shitting on this movie i was actually enjoying it for most of it i was sitting there i'm like this isn't as bad as the hate it's been getting like i had seen what people were saying i was like this is i'm entertained i'm having fun is it stupid? Yeah, it's pretty stupid at times, but I'm having fun. And then the third act comes, and when all your characters should be like consequences in this, I was like, mm, don't There's like no, this. No consequences. <laughs> yeah, literally nothing. Like he brings nearly brings on the end of all humanity in the world, and um, nothing happened. Nobody goes after him. No follow yeah. up either. It's it's real. So yeah, let's just get into that. I kind of don't even want to just go through the whole third act real quick. Just like break it down. Cause I said, I, I didn't really think that the one villain needed to be in it. Cheetah. Yeah. She doesn't really need to, she doesn't do enough. There's a, a few things in the story where she sets up some, some balls in motion, but I don't think she needed to be a villain. 
And then you get to this third act and it starts up and she needs to fight uh, Barbara as Cheetah. And it goes back to that that shitty gray, dark DC oh, aesthetic like you were talking about. It. I fucking hate it. Like, why would you do that? Like, you had, like, a cool look. You changed it up for this movie. I was digging it. And it's the same problem I had with Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey did the same thing, where it looked different from any other DCEU movie. It made sense with, like, the characters they were using and, like, just the whole vibe of everything. But then the third act comes, and they're just, like, blue, gray, wash everything out, make it look like every other bullshit DCEU movie, and I fucking hate it. I mean, you, you know why they did that. Well, yeah, they're trying to hide that. Puss, <laughs> pussy cat. It was, it was totally to cover up how raunchy the CGI was on on Cheetah. Yeah, nobody asked for that. Like I said this to Brianna too. There are superhero movies where, like Bane, for instance, like Bane in the comics looks fucking ridiculous. He looks like a wrestler with like tubes coming out of him, and then they're like, that probably wouldn't translate well to a movie. So then Christopher Nolan's like, we're just gonna make him be like a big guy with a gas mask. And it worked. I don't think anyone would have been pissed if they were like, we're not going to have her look like a CGI cheetah. (laughs) People. (laughs) Like, I feel like it would have been fine. But so whatever. She she fights cheetah. It's it's not that impressive of of an action sequence. And then she gets to the the main villain of the movie. And he's basically having everyone wish upon him at the same time. And nukes are going off. And it's all this crazy shit. And they had established early on in the movie, if you kill him, all the wishes get uh, like revoked, like right away. Like that's yeah, the he, way you can destroy him. the stone. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know what? Like this is actually a good time for your hero to actually kill the villain. I th- feel like I feel like there's a fear for your main hero to kill a villain. Not so much in DC though, because like Man of Steel, Superman snaps Zod neck. Like a like a cracker, he just snaps yeah. it off. And Superman's like the epitome of like, I will not kill people. I'm gonna like save everyone. Yeah. So like, they don't have a problem doing it there. But I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for them to actually do it here, especially because she doesn't want to. And like I was saying, heroes need to make tough decisions. And it's just like, yeah, like the Earth is literally going to end. I have to like kill this person, even though I don't want to. And instead, she like uses her whip to communicate to the world like a megaphone like hey everyone you should you should all renounce your wishes and then everyone's just like okay and then then they renounce their wish and then she's like i know you just tried to literally destroy the earth but you can go (laughs) and then he gets on a plane and lands right where his son is because he's looking for his son and his son crawls out of a a wooded glen (laughs) And then they hug, and he's basically, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they hug, and uh, the villain has a happy ending. (laughs) Yeah, he gets everything he deserves. It's so bad. Yeah, it's it's just nonsense. And then, like, okay, this movie again is part of a grander universe. Like, she, they set up in Batman v Superman that like Bruce Wayne like finds her, but like only by seeing this picture of her from like the forties and then having seen her at like a art thing or whatever. And it's just like, Hey, uh, 
Did nobody else see? She, this is 84. Like, there were cameras. Did nobody else see her running through D.C. in her costume? Like, did nobody else remember the day that the world almost came to an end because nuclear weapons were appearing and disappearing in the sky? Like, and, and another thing about that, they launched every nuke. They launched every single nuclear weapon. And mm-hmm. the wish made them have more nukes not go from zero to a thousand. They just wanted, they said more. So that means if they launched every single one of them, when the wishes are revoked, the wished rockets would disappear. But that means they would have launched rockets that they had pre-wish. Oh, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) So everything still would have fucking ended. You would have solved literally nothing. Like they were already launched and in the air. It's not every rocket's going to disappear. You know what's, uh, I thought about this when they, they show one of the rockets like explode in air, in like the air, and it's still like a nuke, it explodes, and there's still radiation and stuff. It it made me think about, I hate this, but people who don't like the Dark Knight Rises, they're always just like, well, you didn't even think about nuclear fallout, bro. Like, he would, everyone would have died in Gotham anyway. So like, if you're applying to that, that logic to this movie, <laughs> the nuclear fallout would have still happened across the entire earth. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's dumb. when Maxwell Lord renounces his wish, his wish was to become the stone. And when he did that, the stone dissolved and like burst. So when he renounces it, does the stone rematerialize somewhere else? That means it's still out there and this could all happen again. This is gonna, it's going to be uh, the Transformers 1 and 2. Like this, this is the stone. And then in the second you know, on the third one or movie, it's just gonna be a shard of the stone. Oh That's what they God. do with the all spark. <laughs> yeah, but it's the same movie. They're just searching for yeah. a piece of the thing from the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I don't like how the villain basically has a happy ending, especially when the whole Earth was in jeopardy. Basically, yeah, it's rough. There's, there's a lot of things when you like. I don't like to nitpick like these type of movies either. Right? Like I'm just like I'll be on the ride, but this movie really does just completely def- like ignore logic. It sets up rules and then ignores them and stuff like that. And that's it's sloppy. That's bad writing. Yeah, yeah, it's sloppy. Which is it's really surprising to me too because uh, I've seen you know, Patty Jenkins taking heat and stuff like that. But Patty Jenkins is a great filmmaker and she's a really good writer too. Because uh, like we said, we, she wrote monster and grand monster is based on true events but that's a really good movie so i was a little surprised that this is a sloppy maybe it's because the one guy who was involved in aquaman wrote this (laughs) maybe that's why it's sloppy (laughs) my man (laughs) it's actually talking to him (laughs) yeah exactly but all right man i got a question for you what's that question do you have tomatoes and or tomatoes tomato tomato i do Tomato, the critics, they are bringing this in at a 61%. Woof. That's like, that's a, that's almost failing, right? Yeah, two points away from an F. It's a, it's a D minus. Okay. Tomato, the audience, they're bringing this in at a 74%. So is that C? Yeah. So it's a D minus to a C. Dude, this movie was certified fresh, like before its release, like with just like the limited um, amount of people who had seen it, like critics who had seen it. Mm-hmm. It was like certified fresh and now it's almost failing. Yeah. It's crazy. For me, I'm going to go a little bit more positive. My grade is actually dead middle of these two, so it really doesn't matter. But to, for a more positive sense, I will say tomato. 
with the uh, the higher score, but I gave it a D plus. Okay, nice. It sounds like I I really just ripped this movie the entire time, but like I said, for the majority of it, I was having a good time. I think the theater experience helped a little bit. I was having a good oh, yeah. time, but there's there's uh there's themes in the movie that I appreciate. Like I said, I like the action set pieces. I like the mu- the music and um. Like I said, there's actually some good like emotional moments with Steve and Diane and stuff. So I don't think this movie's awful. I just think there are some very bad writing choices that mm-hmm. actively ruined large portions of the movie. But I'm pretty close to you. I went to Motto as well. I gave it a C minus. Okay. I was teetering kind of between the two. When I left the th- movie theater, I think I had it at like a C or a C minus because I, I had a fun time watching it in theaters. Uh, mm-hmm. But then watching it the second time at home and like really paying attention to like certain things and like asking these questions that I feel like are pretty important for like if you're trying to tell a story, uh, that's the, like what brought it back down for me. I feel like if you just want to watch this movie once on like a big screen, you'll have a good time, but don't think about it too hard. Yeah, it was actually funny. Simultaneously, when me and Brianna went to the theater, Brianna's dad watched at home on HBO. So when we came back, we like compared like the theater experience to like the home experience. And basically I was just like, yeah, if I watch this at home, I prob- probably wouldn't have liked it as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I'm, I'm still glad we got to do this. It's a bummer that yeah. this is kind of how we feel about it. Cause I know if anyone's listened to the trailer part that we did on this, we actually kind of did too, but the first trailer for wonder woman, we were super high on this movie. We were, yeah, we, were stoked. we were really excited and uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's very sloppy. Very, Sloppy, sloppy seconds on this one. It's a sloppy. <laughs> you're, but I know you like that. I know you love it. Sloppy like, seconds. Like, nice and sloppy for you. There's, <laughs> sloppy poppy. <laughs> yeah. They need to get the clip from, uh, is it Billy Madison? Where yeah. She's just like, I know you like them sloppy. <laughs> you're nice and sloppy for you, you sloppy poppy. <laughs> Ooh, poppy. <laughs> Ooh, poppy. Ooh, poppy. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad I'm glad we got to do this. Me too. In a minute, it has been a minute, but we got more stuff a coming because there was another movie that released on streaming on Christmas Day that's getting a lot of buzz, which is a good Pixar joke. Yeah, I mean he's not in it. No, I know. Well, maybe he is. I I saw a few of the Easter eggs. There's there's some, there's some cool ones. Yeah, we didn't oh. even talk about this. There is a new Buzz movie coming out with Chris Evans. I know. I know. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. But uh yeah. we'll maybe we'll talk about that more on uh on that soul episode that's gonna be coming up probably next, right? I think next. Yeah, that's hereditary that will come out eventually, but we have some movies that came out in the meantime that are kind of more pressing that we wanna get done sooner than later. But then like I don't know. I guess we do have some movies. I was going to say, I'm like, there's not really much coming out in the near weeks, but then I was like, oh shit, we actually do have a good amount of stuff coming our way. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say, I've actually been watching a good amount. I'm like catching up on a lot of the, the stuff I missed. Found, found a few 2020 hidden gems, which is no. surprising because 2020 was the worst, but found a few good movies so far and maybe I'll mention them on another episode. But yeah, I think I think we're thinking Soul is going to be coming up next. We're going to be doing an anniversary episode for you guys because we just passed two years on the show. That's right. Whoop, whoop. We got to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Hereditary will come 
Uh, we've got another bracket plan, but we want to get through Hereditary first, and we still have duties, and yeah, there's just some other movies that maybe we would want to talk about. Yeah, hell yeah, man. So if you want to stay up to date with all that, you already fucking know what you got to do, man. You got to subscribe. You can follow us on social media at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. You can follow me at, on Instagram at Sky2Dudes. You can follow me on Instagram at Colin2Dudes. That's right. And you can go to TwoDudesMovieReviews.com. Pick up some merch, some swag. We actually just put up uh, new merch. So we did a, a Quentin Tarantino design. <laughs> I love it. And you can get it as a I, mask, too. I'll, I'll say this. Out of any of the merch you've designed, that's my favorite. Okay. I think it looks, I think it looks clean. I like very, it. Very clean. Very clean. Just text, so it's super easy. <laughs> yeah, but no, you. it looks nice, though. Like, you went out and got the, the right fonts and stuff and the color. Match the color it's, and all that. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm probably going to get one of those for myself. Get it as a throw pillow, which apparently <laughs> we can do. I just didn't put it up as an option on the page. But you can go out and check out all of that stuff. And then uh, if you see something you'll like, but you don't have the money for it, you can just write us a five-star review on Apple and get yourself entered to win some free swag. Yeah, and, we uh, would love that. Yeah, that would be sweet. That would be very nice. That would be a very nice way to kick off our 2021. Mm-hmm. The year of the dude. 2021's the year of the dudes. Everything's coming up dudes. Last year was a mulligan. <laughs> we were just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We, said, we said that before the double deuce, and then it took a deuce. It took a big double deuce. Yeah. 20, 2020 ended, and we were just like, rematch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best two out of three, fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wish, wish us luck, and we wish you guys luck. And on that note... Suck it, Swampies. <laughs>